Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Navy showing blitz. They rush four. Pine runs out to his right. Throws it to the end zone. Braden Lindsay is there. Pins the ball. Oh, my gosh. He caught it. He somehow caught the ball off of the back of Navy's defensive back. And Beattie Williams, Jr. The ball was thrown three yards deep in the end zone. And it was tight coverage on Braden Lindsay. He pinned the ball to the back of Williams Jr. and then pulled it off of his back with his right hand for the catch. Never seen anything like it. (laughs) Two things about that catch. Watching it on TV, absolutely incredible catch. Can't believe that he hung on to that. Second thing about that catch, um, it feels like it happened a week and a half ago. That second half was uh, was something, wasn't it? Um, It is the official... Uh, Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. I'm Jimmy Rosari. uh, Reggie Brooks joining me as well. And uh, yeah, 35-22, the the final, finally in Baltimore. Uh, That second half just, just dragged on and it was... It was a it was a tale of two halves. It was it was almost a tale of two games, really. Um, just, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm pulling up the comparisons now, just between the, uh, the 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 first and second halves, and just a complete reversal. Notre Dame had 12 total yards in the second half. 12. Navy had five sacks. What happened? What happened? Like who who was the who was the team that just came out of the came out of the locker room in the second half and played that game? Like, oh man. Uh yeah. So uh so that's how I feel about that game. Uh we'll get uh, we'll get Reggie's thoughts coming up here in uh in just a minute. But uh yeah, Notre Dame uh bending but not breaking. 35-32, the uh, the final score from Baltimore against the Navy Midshipmen. Uh, we will return here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. On the Navy 37-yard line, Drew Pine with Chris Tyree to his right. He drops back, wants to go deep, stands, throws to the middle of the end zone. Caught! Touchdown, Notre Dame! Jaden Thomas! On the post route between the hashes, four yards deep in the end zone, diving catch, 110 until halftime. 
Have a day, Drew Pine. Drew Pine certainly did have a day today, uh, at least in the first half anyway. Uh, overall in the day today, uh, 17 of 21, 269 yards, four throwing touchdowns. Uh, he also had one running touchdown as well, so he was in on all five of Notre Dame's touchdowns today. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I wish the second half were a little better. <laughs> uh, Reggie Reggie Brooks joining me now. Uh, Reggie, uh, your your thoughts on the uh, on the two games that Notre Dame looked like they played today? Because it did look like two different games to me. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> that, that the first half, great. Yeah, couldn't ask for a better what start. Team, who who was the team? What team came out in the second half? I was just. I was just saying that myself. I was. I was just like, who, who came out in the second? Who, who was? Was that? Did they go back in time and get the ta- get the team from the Marshall game? What, what happened? And this is this has kind of been the, at least the issue for me from day one. The, the struggles of adapting. You know, I I still have an issue again. The success. Passing the game in the passing game in the first half, great. But you're going to tell me we could run against a Clemson defensive line that was that has what three first second round picks? The eighth rushing defense in the country. Yeah. Navy? yeah, exactly. I, we I, I'm we just... couldn't run against Navy, I... and it just seemed like the second half we just really screwed up in terms of. Again, I'm and, and I'm a you know I'm a Tommy Reese fan. Yeah, but that that second half play calling. I, why are we running zone? I mean, why are we running draw instead of power downhill run? That's what yeah. we had success with against an undersized line versus a power line. The first half, I I, I really it really boggles the mind, at least for me. The fact that we did not run the ball as successfully as I think we could have or should have. Yeah. In the second half. Well, in, whether mm-hmm. it's the first or second half, downhill, power run, drive blocking, we outweighed their line, what, at least 20, 30 pounds at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss. I, I, I've been, I've been trying to make heads or tails of it, quite honestly, for well, pretty much all the second half, and uh, failed to, quite honestly, and, and, and I'm still failing to make heads or tails of it, quite honestly. Uh, Drew Pine, you know, great day for for the passing game. Uh, finally, well, had a had great a great day, day in for the, the first half. Yeah, for the first half, anyway. Uh, but. As far as the running game went, I thought it was starting to make some strides towards the end of the first half. Navy kind of, you know, Navy I think was playing above their weight today as as far as uh, as far as the first half went with the running game. Uh, you know, they they definitely knew that was a strength for Notre Dame. They knew they knew to key in on that, and they were succeeding in in defending the run game. But Notre Dame was starting to make some strides against Navy towards the end of the first half. Well, How did not, that not carry over into the second half? A lot of it, at least to me, from what I watched, you know, I watched the game, and in the first half, yes, we had success, but they were blitzing. And we were, you know, it was a lot of hot reads that we caught them in, in, in 
you know, difficult coverages, if you, to, to lack of a better term. But we made the throws, we, we made the reads and made the throws for hot reads. There were a lot of hot reads because they were blitzing. But my concern was the fact that we did not attack their, their defense head on. A lot of our runs, again, that we had, it was either draws or outside runs. Mm-hmm. And again, similar to what Syracuse did against us, they're not, they were not the size. We had a size advantage. But when you have a, a size advantage, you run downhill. They were doing a lot of blitzing and coming off the edge. And because we were doing more of a zone, uh, more of a, um, a draw type of offense in terms of the running game, instead of the back running forward, they were kind of slide, sliding over, taking the handoff, and then going. And by then, the defenders were in the backfield. But when you make a downhill approach to your blocking scheme and just man-on-man, and again, you can blitz. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But when you're hitting somebody in the mouth, it makes a difference yeah. versus when you get a draw play where it's more of a pass set type of blocking mm-hmm. we struggled there we struggled there that's not how you're going to beat this defense so i just didn't understand why we did not run directly at them as opposed to more of a draw style and then pass yeah i'm i'm and you know and i'm not one that like i said you you play it just seems like we're continuing to play to the level of our opponent yeah, yeah. That's, you know, like with Clemson, yeah. number fourteen, we get up for them. Mm-hmm. We go at them. Ohio State, we get up for them. We go at them. BYU, they were ranked. North Carolina was ranked. Syracuse was and ranked. They were viewed yeah. as a, a a Syracuse ranked, and we're aggressive, and it's that's where you know you know, this team is at a, at a crossroads, at least in my mind, of. Are you going to play to the level of your competition? Are you going to play to your level of capability? And that's where this team has to make that that jump. Not to play to the level of their opponent, but to play to their level of capability on a week-in and week-out basis. And it's just not happening. Yeah. I, I You hit the nail on the head right there. Just <laughs> from start to finish, right there, you 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 just nailed it right there. Uh, especially the part about playing down to your opponent's level. Um, that's that's almost been a theme. I I've, I've felt anyway that that's been a theme uh, for this program for quite some time now. Uh, I and I thought that it, they were starting to get over it, and. Uh, Nah, today today just proved that they are still just playing down to their opponent. So I, I will say this though, uh, defensively, I like the adjustment that we made in terms of going from a four man front to more of a fifty defense, where we were keeping um, a defender over the the nose. You know, and mm-hmm. this the thing about to 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 stop the uh, Navy's option. 
you first have to stop the fullback. And, you know, and <laughs> watching the game early on, didn't do that. Right. But I, I have to give credit to Al Golden and that defense. They adjusted in the second half in particular, but they moved to a more, instead of a four-man front, they moved to a more of a, to more of a 50 defense where you have some a defender over the note over the center, and you got to stop the fullback first and foremost. If you're when you're ever you're playing a navy run option, it starts with with stopping the fullback, and you know as we saw, I think the the fullback over had over 100 yards in the first half. First half that changed made the adjustment there. So there was an adjustment made there. I will say I'm thoroughly disappointed in the defensive backfield, both the safeties and the corners, um, particularly the safeties, in their alley defense of stopping the run and coming up and starting the outside guys. So when we stopped the deep, stopped, started to stop the, the fullback, we really struggled in, in tackling, again, at – Outside of you know, outside tackling was was. I'm sorry, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times we missed tackles of the safety coming down or the the nickel guy coming down. You make the play. You, you have to run inside out, run to the outside hip, attack the outside hip, so you do not allow the def- the runner to to cut back. And I can't count the number of times that we missed tackles by allowing overrunning the play and allowing the, the the runner to cut back inside and it just it's inexcusable mm-hmm. uh the defense was playing without uh with jd bertrand today uh apparently a a groin injury held him out today also without uh brandon joseph who uh started out the week as a uh, as a questionable but uh, as the week progressed, turned into a, you know more of a doubtful. So uh, they held him out today as well. Uh, so I mean, there's there's two big pieces of your defense uh, not being able to participate and uh, and help out as far as uh, as far as the day went. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into all that uh, as the uh, as the rest of the afternoon goes on. Uh, We'll get to Marcus Freeman's press conference. We've got that uh, coming up here shortly. Uh, any player co- press conferences. We've got the uh, the opponent's scoreboard. Uh, players of the game, which uh, should be interesting. And uh, plenty more as the official Notre Dame football postgame show continues on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. Also uh, brought to you in part by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michigan's most favorite pizza since 1978. And Pet Refuge Adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Jimmy Rosari with Reggie Brooks post game after uh, the uh, Notre Dame victory, 35-32. Uh, yet, just another weird game between these two schools. Uh, but uh, a Notre Dame victory, 35-32. Uh, let's see, where do we begin as far as this game goes? Do we start with the first half, Reg, or do we just keep rolling with uh, with with what we've got right now? <laughs> 
it, it really, I mean, it depends on which which way you want to go. Do you want to talk about the good or the bad? Because, I mean, literally, you're talking about a game of two halves. It, yeah. It, it was like we were watching two different teams from the first half to the second half. I don't know who that was in the second half because <laughs> that was clearly not the same team. At least, at least it didn't look like the same team. Yeah. I mean, that first half was – Dominant. I mean, sheer dominance. You, yeah. you were 300, over 300, almost 350 yards of offense in the first half. And the second half, like less than 50. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I mean, it's, you know, you talk about which, which way do you want to go with it? It really depends on the, your viewpoint. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you want to discuss? Do you want to talk about what was good or what was bad? Because it was clearly a completely different dynamic, one half to the next. Uh, we uh, we opened up the show with uh, with the Braden Lindsay catch from uh, from the first half, and uh, that that felt like it happened like two weeks ago. That's that's how yeah. long the second half felt to me. And well, that's the other thing you got to understand. Like I said, when you're playing Navy, mm-hmm. they're gonna. I mean, that first drive in the first in the second half. That was typical. You know, they're going to be a ball control, you know, long drive. And they only got three points out of it. Yeah. But yet and still, they used up 11 minutes in one, in the in the third quarter. It was literally the, pretty much the entire third quarter was taken up by one drive. Mm-hmm. So, and this is why it's so important that it, when you're playing Navy, you have to maximize every possession yeah so and we Notre Dame did that in the first half but in the second half you you can't go three and out I mean if you go three and out against Navy that's a problem you've got to map you know maximize every opportunity you have because you're not going to have that many uh 323 yards in the first half for Notre Dame uh compared to 197 for Navy uh in the second half, 166 yards for Navy, 12 for Notre Dame. Rushing yards, yards. Rushing yards, minus 12. 23 in the second half. I, I, I mean, I, again, this is my running back mentality. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm struggling with the fact that we had su- such success against a Clemson defense, particular defensive line that had that has three guys that are, you know, projected to be first, second round picks. Mm-hmm. Playing on Sunday. And we can't run the ball against Navy? Yeah. Under an uh, undersized Navy ball club? <laughs> I'm confused. I and, and I'm trying to this is me venting right now, Jim. So just <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me let me preface this by saying I'm venting right now. Let it out. Let it let it out, Reggie. Let it out. <laughs> you have a a completely different dynamic from one Clemson team, which you dominated. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally dominated. For four quarters. 
and we can't like run against Navy when we outweigh them on the offensive line 30, 40 pounds per man. And again, I'm, 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 again, I played way long years ago. Like I'm old school back in the day, but we can't just run down the throat of a team that's not as physically gifted as we are. Right. But yet and still we can run down the throat of a team that's got several players that's going to play on Sunday. I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame certainly gave them plenty of opportunities. Uh, first of all, you know, five sacks in the, uh, in the second half for Navy. And also, penalties were just... That, I think, kept Navy in the game more than anything. Six penalties, 49 yards, but it's, you know, I mean, granted, it's not a ton of yardage, but it's when those penalties happened. You know, they they would happen on third down, and they would turn them into first downs, and and, and that just that's not going to end well. Well, and also the one penalty that was a pass interference, literally the off the receiver grabbed Notre Dame defender and pulled them to the ground. Yeah. So we don't. So there's no. If, again, I again I played a while ago. <laughs> So does offensive pass interference not exist anymore? Maybe apparently not. Uh, yeah, there okay, were there were asking. there were a few there were I'm a few asking. calls. Yeah, yeah. There... I'm just asking. <laughs> I, again, again, I, I played a while ago, so I'm I'm kind of old. Yeah. I but they used to have offensive pass interference. Does that not does that not work nowadays? Is I... that no longer. I I I don't know. I didn't think so. I didn't honestly. I didn't think so. But apparently, eh? Were were these ACC refs? That's what I want to know. Were they? Okay. Matt's nodding his I'm head. Not, yes. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, Jim, because there's a whole dynamic. And again, this is, oh, yeah. this goes back to when uh, you know uh, Jack Jack Nolan was a, a part of the show. Is like. <laughs> Is there is there a, is there a reason why there's not a NCAA refing system versus a conference system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. Is, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there's there's a lot of worms in that can, and uh, I'm not sure if we have yeah, enough we, time we, to we, to sort all those worms out. <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah. we will not go there. Uh, let's see. We've uh, we've got Marcus Freeman's press conference. Is that? Okay, uh, we will get to that coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes. Also, any player press conferences as well. And uh, the opponent's scoreboard, we'll get through players of the game. All to come still on the official Notre Dame football postgame show. The official Notre Dame football postgame show continuing on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, Jameer Zari with Reggie Brooks. We've got the Marcus Freeman press conference right now. Let us go to that. Um, as I told the team, you know, first and foremost, no victory uh, should be taken for granted. And congratulations on um, a hard-fought win. You know, I challenged them before on Friday. I challenged them at halftime. The one thing you know about Navy is they'll never quit. They'll never quit. And we had to match their urgency throughout the entirety of the game. We did the first half. We did not have 
the urgency, the execution um, that we needed to finish the game the way we wanted to. But uh, the beautiful part is the ability to learn um, and, and find a way to win those close games. There's been a couple games this year that have come down to a couple points in the fourth quarter and we didn't win. And so we've gotten to a point now we can win those close games and uh, we're going to be better because of it somehow, some way. We have to be better because of what happened in the second half and be able to go and evaluate it as coaches and, and on both sides of the ball and truly go back and uh, um, find a way to improve as we get ready for Boston College like next week. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Go ahead, Tim, go ahead. Coach in the middle. With the passing game clicking so much in the first half, what did maybe do in the second? Other than obviously the pass rush on Drew Pine just slowing against him. Yeah, I, I kind of challenge our offense a little bit. I wanted to see us to be able to run the ball and, and uh, you know, it's hard. They were zero pressure in almost every play. And what does that mean is to bring in everybody and playing zero coverage, no middle to field help. Um, and we have to be able to find ways to attack that. We did in the first half, we hit some balls and, and we um, were able to check to some things when we saw it coming. But the second half, we were just not able to beat um, zero pressure and, uh, you know, that's something that we got to improve at because other teams are going to do that. You know, people are going to see they had some success in bringing all out pressure. And what you have to do is is make defenses pay in the pass game. It's hard to run against all out pressure, you know, but in the pass game, you have to make them pay. And it wasn't that Drew wasn't hitting the target as much as we didn't have time. And so we got to, you know, we got to make sure we try to protect. And then if they're bringing one more than we have to protect with, we got to get the ball out of our hands and, and, and hit some hot routes. Next question. Go ahead. The run defense in the second half, I assume you're shorthanded with JD, um, Brandon set up, Joseph set up there too. Like, what what was Navy doing? Um, I guess it had more success like early with the fullback, but just your run defense overall today. Yeah, I think you know you're up 35 to 14 at halftime, and and you kind of say, hey, let's you know be smart in the second half. And coming out, we started really well, and they got the fourth and one. I think the PI or. Um, we stopped them right there. And they got a PI, I think, on the fourth and one. And then it kind of bled throughout the series and led to three points. And uh, second series went three and out. Third series was the TD pass on Mickey. You know, I think towards the end of the second half, we got into a little bit of just prevent. Um, we weren't playing our normal trip option defense. When that quarterback went down, we knew the backup quarterback was more of a thrower. So we kind of went into our prevent defense. And they just said, OK, we're going to run the ball. and so. Um, it's a little bit of a chess match. Like we're looking at the clock and saying, okay, let's keep the ball in front of us. Um, and they're saying, okay, we'll run it if you're in prevent. And so uh, they still found a way to score and, and we, we cut, recovered the onside kick and that ended the game. So a little bit of a chess match again. You don't want to be able to just let teams run down the field. But at that moment, you're up 10, I think 10 or 11 points. And you say, okay, we know it's a two score game. And so let's be smart, not give up an easy big play pass and make them earn every inch and keep the clock because they were out of timeout. So that's kind of what happened. Second, lower, lower leg, not lower body injury, more of a growing injury. Yeah, yeah. He should be back next week. First row on your right, Coach. Um, and then Tobias as well. What, what was he dealing with? And, and just, can you just speak about the... I guess the, does the kind of lull any opponent with those long drives, which is the, the challenge of staying alert against a team like that? Uh, Tobias, yeah, he was out with a concussion. He Hopefully he's back um, next week. Yeah. You know, they started off the game. They had a couple long runs up the middle. 
with just some misfits and, you know, not having JD in there, uh, you know, I think affects us a little bit just in terms of production, but also leadership. You're missing a captain, um, you know, but our offense was clicking in the first half to go up 35, 14, Versus that defense, you know, it, it, you felt good at halftime, but it was the challenge, right? You challenged them. To, at what any coach is going to say, don't look at the score, you know, have the urgency that you had the first half. And we didn't. We didn't. And we as coaches got to look and me as the head coach got to look and see why, what happened. And, and I know, listen, we didn't execute on offense, um, but we didn't execute to where we needed to on defense either, you know, and uh we got to go back and, and look and see what exactly happened and how we got to make sure somehow, some way, we're better because of what happened in the second half. Second row, you left over here. Nate, you had a long drive to start the second half and, and it only ended up in a field goal, but did that change the momentum in any way that you were just out there for so long and maybe you come out of this halftime? Yeah. Up and then yeah, I think it was a 10, 10 minute drive. Um, you know, it was really the PI call, gosh, it kind of got you a little bit because you stop them. And then the flag comes in, and, and uh, I think it was defensive holding is what they called. And, and you see the drive extend, and it was a 10-minute drive. And then our offense gets the ball, and I think we go three and out. Right? The offense don't get the ball until about a minute left um, in the third quarter. And so they really that second drive was in going into the fourth quarter. So one true drive in the third quarter, three and out. That Yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not what you want. And we knew Navy... Listen, it's a time of possession battle. That's what they love to do. They love to steal possessions. And we knew every possession would matter. That first possession mattered. And we went three and out on offense. And so that can't happen. You know, at least you got to get some first downs and, and try to regain some momentum and field position. And uh, that's what we got to do. Second row on your right, Tyler. Talked about the pressure in the second half. Obviously, Drew was only able to throw five times because of that. What do you take away from this game? I mean, you've fallen in the first half, and then the second half, you guys just aren't able to do anything. Was this a step forward for him in totality? Well, it's got to be for everybody in our program, right? The same thing for Drew Pine. The same thing I say to the entire football program is if we're not better because of what happened through the entirety of this game, then we failed an opportunity. We've got to look at the second half. It's easy to say the first half, right? To look at the second half and say, okay, how do we become a better football team because of what happened in the second half? How do we make sure if a team wants to bring all-out pressure um, versus our offense, we have our answers, our exact answers, and execute? I think we had answers, but we didn't execute them. And so we have to be better because of this and how the second half happened. And, again, the opportunity to get better after a win is, is, uh, is something that any coach dreams of. Right, the, the the opportunity to challenge your team and to show them the film, and you know, as much as I'm sitting in there saying, "Hey, man, it's hard to get these wins, and we got to celebrate, and we got to feel good about it." They don't feel great, you can tell, you know. But we got to learn from it, and uh, I'm excited. There's going to be a hungry group as we get ready for this last home game. And that is Marcus Freeman's press conference after the Notre Dame victory today over Navy, 35-32. And, uh, yeah, it felt a lot closer than that even. Uh, we'll get Reggie's thoughts about the, uh, the, the uh, press conference coming up in just a few as the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System continues on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System 
Also brought to you in part by Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, Jimmy Rosario with Reggie Brooks. Uh, we just heard from Marcus Freeman, his post-game press conference. Reggie, your thoughts? Um, I, it's a little, you know, I'm and you know I'm a Marcus Freeman fan, but it's a little simplistic to to kind of. I disagree in some regards to I understand where he's coming from. And again, it is very difficult to win um, at this level because you're always playing the best team, playing the best. You know, you're always going to get the best from whatever team you play when you're in Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And it's important that this team understands that you're always under the microscope. You're always going to be looked at differently and this goes back to the my point of we're continuing to play to the level of our opponent not to the level of our ability as a program and this that you know the coach is you know I, I agree with Marcus in the sense that the coaches are responsible for developing that but the team has to take on that that understanding that you're always going to get the very best of every team you play because you're Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that Notre Dame is a perennial power or anything like that. It's, it is what it is. And I don't care if you're, it's Ohio State, Arkansas, you know, you know, Sister of the Poor. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Navy, you're always going to get the very best of the team that you play because you're Notre Dame. And I'm not sure this team understands – that aspect of being at an institution of this caliber, mm-hmm. you know, and until they internalize that as players, it's, it's not going to click. You have to take on that mindset that every week, regardless of your opponent, you're going to get the very best of what they have to offer. And, and it goes back to my point of we play to the level of our opponent or what we perceive our opponent, Notre Dame perceives their opponent to be. You know, uh, Ohio State played them to the hill. Why? Because they were Ohio State. They were a top-ranked team. Yeah. BYU was a ranked team. North Carolina was a ranked team. Syracuse was a, was a ranked team. Clemson was a ranked team. And Navy's it's, three it's, and it's six. Mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Navy's three and six. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, Marshall. What they're about the same. Mm-hmm. You know, Cal. You have to be prepared to play and play at a high level, week in and week out. And until this team understands that mindset develops that mindset it's going to continue to be a struggle mm-hmm. and and i don't know how you coach beyond that you know and that's that's where you, you it's the psycho- psychology of the game that comes into play and you know i i agree with marcus that it is tough to play uh tough to win in division one football you know fbs football but it still comes back to 
you have to have a level of pride and commitment to playing your very best every week. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. If it were easy, everybody would do. Right. <laughs> everybody but would be getting those scholarships. Yeah. Exactly. Every yeah, yeah, all these teams are giving out scholarships. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, in this, you know, if you're if you're a division one school, you're a fully funded, you know, you, you get eighty five scholarships. Everyone has eighty five scholarships to give out. The difference is who has the capacity mentally to prepare and to compete week in and week out for 12 weeks or 13 weeks with five weeks and whatever. What? And that's where they have to get, they have to the market coach Freeman has to get his team to that level. They have, the coaches have to coach them and prepare, but it still comes back to the players having that mindset that I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not okay with average. I'm not, I'm not okay with just, you know, coming out and playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't think they're there yet. Yeah. What, what is it that, like, what can be done from a psychological standpoint? And I, I was talking to my son today about this, and we were talking about you know, football is is a game of fundamentals, mm-hmm. or at least that's where it starts. And when you have a fundamentally sound football team, you have the opportunity to be successful. It doesn't guarantee success, but it gives you the opportunity to be successful. And it's it, and it's imperative that teams get back to the fundamentals of the game. And I just, that's where it starts. It's not rocket science. It's, it's, it's not, you're not, you don't have to be someone with a law degree or a doctorate <laughs> to play this game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it requires discipline. And that's where it starts. What's the level of discipline of you as a player, you as a coach? And it requires a discipline across the board. Football is a game of team first. It requires 11 guys playing as one unit. And it requires 11 guys playing as one unit one play after another. And and something that Marcus mentioned that has always been the case. Navy's never going to quit. No. That was always, mm-hmm. always one of our toughest games. We outweighed them, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds. But they were always disciplined. They were always committed. And they were going to play for four quarters. And if you were not up to that task, you got a problem. Yeah. And like to, 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 to what we said, it was a tale of two halves. Notre Dame had the commitment and the wherewithal in the first half, 
They didn't bring it in the second half. Yeah, they they so, they shut it off. Well, I don't know if it would not necessarily shut it off. Okay. You know, I'm not sure if they have the fortitude and the commitment and the discipline to continue to play one play after another. Discipline is not easy. Being disciplined in what you do is not easy because it's not innate to who we are. Mm-hmm. It's something you have to grind and, and focus and drive at. That's why sports, it doesn't matter whether it's football, basketball, track, you know, um, soccer, lacrosse, gymnastic, wh- whatever it is, it requires a discipline and a consistency to do it one play at a time, one one drive at a time. And it's I just don't see this team right now that has the discipline to do it one play, one drive, one quarter, one game. You have to be locked in consistently over an extended period of time. That's not easy. But it is doable. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, but it's doable. And when this team comes to that realization that it requires me as an individual to discipline myself to be trustworthy of my team to say, I can rely on this person. Because you, you, to your point, Jim, you talked about the penalties. One penalty can can mess up a play, mm-hmm. and if it's done, and if it happens at a bad, you know, a, a, a key juncture in the game, not good. Yeah, yeah. There was one. There was one of them where uh, it was, what was a defensive holding? You know, it, it yeah. wiped an interception off the board. Exactly, and and and, and when I watched the replay. It was. Yeah. And it, and it was a lack of discipline in technique, mm-hmm. a lack of discipline in where this individual was. And I've watched the play call, like watching, you know, some of the, you know, the, the blocks or the missed blocks. You know, they were able to come off the edge. It requires discipline to trust your offense, your 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 teammate to the just inside of you. To make to say, I'm gonna trust you to make to do your job. I'm not gonna try to do your job for you. Takes discipline mm-hmm. to believe that, hey, I'm gonna attack the, the runner inside out and not overrun the play. Discipline is not easy. Discipline requires mental toughness. And it requires it one play at a time. And when this team gets to that level, then you'll see a a change. I will say this. Again, just in my interaction with Coach Freeman, he understands that. 
it's one thing to understand it. It's another thing to coach. Yeah. And when he's able to coach that and instill that in his players, you'll see a different team. You'll see a more complete team, a more focused team, a more disciplined team, and a better tackling team. Is uh... a lot of those plays, a lot of those difficult plays, missed tackles. Missed tackles. Yeah. Is uh is teaching that discipline is is it one of those things that you know since since he is a first year head coach is is it is it one of those things that can be you know kind of drawn upon or is it just you know every coach has has his way of doing it and he's just got to figure it out at some point. Me, me, my my opinion. I want to preface this. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. It starts with consistency, and you know, and I, I've expressed this, to Coach Freeman. You're built for this, and that requires consistency, mm-hmm. and it requires a consistency from the coach. If you're not able to be consistent in your messaging and in your approach. That you're gonna you're gonna lose trust. Yeah. Players will come under the rule of the head coach. They will follow that prescription of how to do things when you show them on a consistent basis. This is how we're gonna do this. We're gonna keep coming back to it, and it's frustrating. You can't get frustrated. You got to keep putting it before him. This is how we succeed. Discipline, discipline. So to teach discipline requires discipline within yourself to keep presenting the same formula of if you want to be successful, if you want to win on a consistent basis, this is how we do it. I have no doubt that Coach Freeman and the staff understands how to do it. Now it's being consistent and presenting that message, presenting that training, whatever that is that you present to them, it has to be consistent. And it's going to take time. So as they understand, they develop a trust and understanding of what you're presenting to them. They're more inclined to follow suit. You know, this generation is a lot more geared towards I'm watching what you do. And if you're not consistent in what you're presenting to me, I'm going to have a hard time trusting you. But as long as the staff, in particular Coach Freeman, continue to present the level of discipline, the level of training, the methodology, just be consistent. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. But it requires consistency. Consistency and discipline are two things that is not innate to the human psyche. But when you develop that and you present that, you eventually get there. I'm Jim Rosary. He's Reggie Brooks. Plenty more to come on the official Notre Dame football postgame show. I believe we've got uh, 
Uh, we've got Drew Pine's press conference uh, to get back to you. He uh, he had a pretty good day today. Uh, also, uh, opponent's scoreboard and uh, and plenty more. The official Notre Dame football postgame show. We'll be right back after this timeout. Notre Dame 35, Navy 32. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, also Sunny 101.5. Drew Pine went 17 for 21 today, 269 yards, four touchdown passes, one rushing touchdown, also uh, an interception that uh, that was more of a uh, more of a tip drill, really. Uh, here is Drew's press conference after the game. Um, you know, I think, you know, I don't think it's anything to do with, uh, playing well in the first half. You know, we come in the locker room, no matter when, whether we're up or down, it doesn't matter. Um, and that was my mentality as well. And, you know, they played, they played hard in the second half. Um, you know, it's tough to, you know, cover zero. We, if we have nine in protection, they're bringing 10. And, um, so, you know, you just got to find a way to get the ball out and, you know, just got sacked a little bit, but. You know, a win's a win, and you know we fought we fought hard all, all day, and you know it was a team win, and so yeah, it's good. On your left over here, Drew, is there some confusion coming in there in the second half when they're bringing so many guys? What, what's sort of leading to maybe not getting rid of the ball in those instances? Um, I think the fact that they're just bringing, you know, as I mean, they were playing cover zero and they were catching, um, their DBs were catching and off man, and you know I. I, I think it's pretty tough, um, and you know, just gotta learn from it and get better, and that's all you can do. Right here in the front row, Drew, what's the takeaway for you in this game? You know, it's just it's the same as every single game. I'm the same every single week. I'm programmed the same every single week. I learn from it. I get better. I mean, that's just that's how I operate. That's how I live. And you know, I'm gonna take this game, and I'm sure I'm sure I you know that I made mistakes in the first half as well. I'm not perfect, and you know, I. Yeah, I'm just going to learn from it and keep getting better. That's all I do, and that's all I will ever do. Mike in the front row here. Do you expect this to be now the blueprint you'll have to face uh, next week and beyond and not figure that out? But did, and also, did you have hot reads that, in retrospect, you could have gone to, or is this a schematic thing that needs to be? Um, you know, I think a lot of people have played us different. It's kind of how people play. Notre Dame, but you know, at the same time, they play their defense because of the way you know they they run the triple option on offense. So um, you know that's why they run that defense. I don't expect everyone to change what they've been doing all season. So um, you know, like I said, we just got to learn and keep getting better, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to come in tomorrow and watch a film, and we're going to get better. But look, we've won, and you know, we're 20th ranked team in the country, and you know, a win's a win. And we're like Coach Freeman said after the game was, you know, there were games earlier in the season where. You know, if we were in the same position, you know, we didn't pull through and win. And we found a way to win today. And, you know, that's what that's important. And we're going to keep building off of it. So on the middle row, on the left, second row. Um, Drew, what kind of view did you have right touchdown? Yeah, I mean, I, that was unbelievable. Uh, Braden's a guy that. All season, I mean, he's been open a ton of times, playing, doing, you know, he runs as hard as he can, and he's a guy that's in practice. He's always got a smile on his face, and, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, I got to give him a shot, and, and, you know, I scrambled out there. He beat his man by, 
you know, a couple yards. And I saw that, and I said, you know, I'm going to give him a chance, and I threw it up. And, I mean, that was an unbelievable catch. I've never seen anything like it in my whole life. And, you know, I'm so happy for him, and, and you know, he's going to continue to keep getting better as well. So. Right here in the front, Pete, you got the last one. Drew, there were a couple of moments in the first half where you had, like, third and 10, mm-hmm. 11, 12, that I think you converted three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Colsey, yeah. like, what was working in those moments? Because that that is kind of progress for yeah. you in terms of where the offense. Yeah, you know they're dry, they played a lot of drop eight, and you know we were third and behind the sticks, which you know wasn't great. But you know we were able to hit a few uh, digs on the second window, and you know kind of just dropping back and being able to you know our line's so good, and you know our receivers are getting better every single week, and you know we're come, becoming more of a full offensive team and attack and you know I, I think that you know it's just part of the game and you know I think we got better at it today and we just got to keep getting better and I mean sound like a broken record but I mean I just learned from everything and just keep getting better and that's what I'm going to do every day and that is Drew Pine post game on uh, the uh, the official Notre Dame football post game show on sunny 101.5 and sports radio 960 WSBT Jimmy Rosario with Reggie Brooks uh Something that stuck out to me, uh, you know, a win is a win. Uh, but that second half was concerning. Uh, yeah, I I believe um, we had, what, three or four three and outs in the second half. Yeah. And first half, no sacks of Drew Pine. And uh, to, to Drew's point, again, you can only do what you can do. I, I like the mentality and, you know, team first mindset. But you got to be concerned about how things transpired in the second half. I mean, it's like, what, what what was the difference? Notre Dame did not score a point in the second half. Mm-hmm. Not one point was scored in the second half. You know, that's 30 minutes of – not scoring. I, I, I mean, that's concerning. And this goes back to my initial point of playing to the level of the competition. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a mindset and that's a mentality. And he talked and Drew talked about the importance of getting better. I don't see where, where Notre Dame necessarily got better that game, this game, because they didn't they didn't get better in the second half. Yeah. Are we not making the appropriate second half adjustments to, as he said, get better? Uh, you know, where, where, where's, where's, where's the disconnect? Yeah. Uh, first half to second half comparison. Uh, you mentioned third downs. Uh, five of seven in the first half on third downs. Uh, one of six on third downs. Um, there were the penalties as well. Uh, you know, just two penalties for seven yards in the first half, six penalties for 49 yards, a couple of them at really inopportune times, times when Notre Dame would have gotten the ball back, but instead Navy was able to stay on the field. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, especially when you, when you come out of, when you come out of halftime and, you run a a ten minute drive right out of the gate, uh, you know, th- because that's what Navy did basically. 
that's unheard of. I mean, yeah, it shouldn't. That. It shouldn't. But <laughs> for that to happen, yeah, a lot of things have to go wrong for your your particular defense or your squad, and a lot have to go right for the opponent's offense. Ten minutes. Yeah. When you think of it in the context of a football game, that's that's almost an entire quarter. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it. I I'll be honest, I couldn't believe that they only got three points out of it. And I mean, lucky for Notre Dame that they did because if they if they had gotten a touchdown, we'd be having a completely different show right now. Uh, so, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thirty five thirty two Notre Dame over Navy today. Uh, that second half was something though. Uh, we've got plenty more. To, uh, to get through as uh, the official Notre Dame football postgame show continues. We've got the out-of-town score, or the opponent's scoreboard anyway. Uh, we've also got uh, players of the game to name, and uh, plenty more still to come. The official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents fared on the Under Armour opponent scoreboard. Of course, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers for Notre Dame Athletics. Ohio State stays undefeated. Easy victory today over Indiana, 56-14. Currently in the second quarter, Marshall has a 14-0 lead on Appalachian State. California and Oregon State do battle at 9 p.m. tonight. North Carolina takes on Wake Forest at 7.30. Stanford battles Utah. That is a 10 p.m. kickoff. On Friday, UNLV lost to Fresno State, 37-30. Syracuse takes on Florida State. That's an 8 p.m. start tonight. In the second quarter, Clemson trying to bounce back from last week's loss to Notre Dame leads Louisville 10-7. Boston College, next week's opponent for Notre Dame on Senior Day, the Holy War. Currently, they trail NC State 14-7 in the second. And on Friday, USC easy victory over Colorado 55-17. Notre Dame survives in Baltimore 35-32 over the U.S. Naval Academy after this final timeout. Final thoughts and a look ahead to Boston College from Jim and Reggie. You are listening to the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wrapping up the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Jimmy Rosario with Reggie Brooks. Uh, Reggie, let's get to a, let's get to a player of the game. Um, probably default thinking that it's going to be Drew Pine today. Sorry about that. Um, oh, you're fine. <laughs> Drew, definitely Drew Pine. I mean, you know, this – you say what you want. 80% completion percentage, yeah. two hundred, roughly 270 yards, four touchdowns. Like I said, interception, tip drill. Um, and, you know, he was effective in the run game. You know, I know, he, again, the sacks in the second half was – really diminished his numbers, yeah. but – uh, very effective in the first half with running the ball as well as passing the ball. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
that's pretty easy, you know, considering I hate to say it, you know, Audric estimate eight for 49. Yeah. Logan Dix, 13 for 31. You know, as you know, I'm a little, little salty about the, the lack of running game, mm-hmm. but I'm going <laughs> to let that go. Are and, we are we going to have a game where the passing game and the running game are clicking on the, at the same time? I, I think, again, next week is there's a strong possibility that could happen. Okay. Um, I, 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 I'm just struggling of why we changed our, the style of running game that we had, the, the, you know, instead yeah. of, it was more draw play versus power run. Yeah. I, I don't know why we, we moved away from that, you know, but I'm not in the planning room, so I, I can't speak to that, but I, I, I really feel they need to revisit the power run game and play action pass off that, um, you know, Drew Pine has shown that he can, you know, throw a nice ball. The the ball to Jaden uh, Thomas was superb. Yeah. I mean, he placed that uh, and, and that was, that could not have been a better, better thrown ball. So it's not that he doesn't have the capacity to do it. I just think we, you know, to me, it still starts with running the football, and if they're going to have success, he's got to he's got to run. That I means Notre Dame has got to run the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, sixty six yards rushing. That's that's not going to do it. That's not going to get it done. Yeah, yeah. the uh, The first half to the second half comparison on that, by the way, um, eighty nine rushing yards in the uh, in the first half. Not a bad total. Not a bad total for a half. Negative uh, twenty three for the second. That's that's not good for any half. Uh, so no, yeah, that no, uh, that's oof. yeah. I, again, I'm still at a loss for why. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> don't know. I, that just it just does not compute. I, I'm I'm baffled. Yeah, I'm at a loss, and I'm sure you are too, Jim. So. I, I am. I I really am. Uh, it, it's not like there. It's not like there weren't highlights in this game. You know, it's just that they all happened in the first half, and the way that that second half went, it's like they happened a week and a half ago. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll I'll probably go well, back. Congratu- and- let's 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 not bemoan the point. Congratulations to Drew Pine. Yeah. Um. On on a you know, great set, great first half. I, I, I just feel bad. I think, you know, he, he did not, was not given the opportunity to be successful in the second half because of, you know, the positions that he put in. I mean, yeah. you know, the sacks were hot and heavy. And you knew that, again, if you're playing, if they're playing cover zero and they're bringing the house, you know, and, and again, like I said, I played a while ago back in the nineties, but I always figured, you know, if you can effectively, you don't have to be a, a dominant run team, but if you can effectively run the ball, less chance that your quarterback will get sacked. Just saying. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think about next week? Well, again, it just, this playing to the level of the point of your opponent is, it doesn't doesn't sound like it's going to go well. Yeah. In terms of, I think we'll still win, but 
Boston College is not a good football team. They're more of a pass, um, pass focused team. They're rushing is they don't rush the ball very well at all. Mm-hmm. So, I think you know if you can manage to corral Phil Yerkovic, and I would imagine he's going to have a chip or two on his shoulders to Possible. prove himself against his old team. <laughs> you know, that 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 might that might factor in a little bit. Yeah, just but, just a touch. But. Boston College is not a good football team. They're they're down to North Carolina State right now, but they they Phil Jerkovic is is a good. He's a passer. He can pass. He can throw the football. So, I I would at least in my opinion. I would encourage. I would encourage our defense to prepare for the pass. Just just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Just get, get ready for the pass. Yeah, get get ready for the pass. <laughs> Very yes. good. Very they're, good. They're rushing. Their rushing capacity is not great. <laughs> so I would I would think they might be, might throw the ball a little bit. Might might be tossing it around the yard a little bit. I got you. Yeah, just yeah. A, just a bit. Just yeah. A bit. <laughs> hey, before we uh, before we take off here, uh, I do want to I do want to make mention of this. Uh, former defensive coordinator Clark Lee, uh, now down at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt ended their twenty six game SEC losing streak today at yes, Kentucky. I saw that. I and I am I am a Clark Lee fan. Hmm. I I think very highly of that man and. I'm so happy for him, but I, I will say this. I'm again, I I understand why he went back. That's alma mater. Oh yeah, you want to do right by your alma mater, but Vanderbilt and SEC, not a great fit. Right, not a great fit yeah. for football success. But yeah. I congratulate him on breaking that that a horrendous streak. Yeah. Whew. Back to 2019, that's that streak stretched. Woo. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's brutal. Yeah, it, that really is brutal. Um, but that that's a that's a hell of a win for them too. And if they can if they can build yes. something off that, if they can build some, if he can build anything out of what's at Vanderbilt, it's going to be a success, you know. And, and I I mean I hope that he can. Yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it. I just don't see. I, I and you're talking about a, a a wonderful human being that you want. It's hard not to root for a Clark Lee because he's such a uh, outstanding individual. I just don't see it. Yeah, it's SEC. I mean, right now, technically, Bama is down. Yeah, Bama, the number nine team in the country, is down. They're down. <laughs> The sky is this falling is in Alabama season. right now. Yeah, this is a bad season for Bama right now. Think about that. Yeah, two losses and literally, you know, the world has come to an end for Bama with two losses. Yeah, it doesn't go well for Vanderbilt. No, no, it doesn't. Um, hey, by the way, seven wins, bowl eligible. Okay, Jim. Jim, I'm just gonna say this: Never mention bowl eligibility because that is the worst, worst aspect of college football in my mind. If you just win six, all you gotta do is win six games. Yeah, I mean, Duke. 
I, I apologize ahead of time to the Duke fans, but Duke is bowl eligible. Yeah, Duke. That's, yeah, yeah. They play basketball. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's basketball school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, literally, I mean, it, the bar is not very high. Right. <laughs> it's not very high. Not very high. So, well, I mean, when you when you do have like two hundred bowl games, you know, you got to fill them out somehow. So, um, yes, that's a whole nother dynamic that yeah. we can get into at a later date. <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're about fifteen bowl games too heavy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm we a, can look, we can shed we can shed a little poundage on the bowl games. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. We could we could yeah. definitely do it with at least ten of them. At least yeah. ten of them could go, and yeah. I wouldn't care. Uh, talk to you next week. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, um, we will be. Get back to running the football, right? And you know, I doubt that Mar- I, I doubt that Tommy Reese listens to this, but if you are Tommy, running is good. <laughs> running the ball is good. Trust me, it is. And also, <laughs> hopefully, we can have a a post game show that that doesn't start with, huh? So you know, something more along the lines of last week when we were both happy and and, and punch drunk, really. So can you? I mean. Think about that, Jim. Last week to this week. Are you serious? Right. Yeah, I know. I know. It, completely different. I, I mean, it was kumbaya. Life was good. The world was right. Yep. <laughs> it's one week and it's, it goes goes to hell. Yeah. So. Like, literally, what happened? Uh, what a roller coaster. Oh, man. That, Jim, that's your... That's your, that's your that's your goal for this week is to correct that. Okay. Get us back on track. <laughs> I will I will do all that I can here. <laughs> Fix that. Get that fixed. So we'll talk to you then, Reg. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, bud. Have a uh, have a good week. And you have a good week as well. Uh as we mentioned, we'll be back once again next week, uh, after Boston College. That's senior day, by the way. So uh uh you know, definitely, uh, definitely a lot of emotion as far as uh, senior day goes. So, uh, you know, hopefully that emotion is able to be translated into a convincing win by Notre Dame through both halves. Uh, that will do it. It's the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. See you next week. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.